Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Hey, good morning, church. How are y'all today? Some of you are awake and you're ready to go. It's going to be an awesome day today. Hey, uh, I just want to say thank you for being here this morning. Um, it has been a fantastic week. And also, I just want to give you a couple of announcements and then kind of give you a recap of last week as well. So last week, we had a youth takeover, and it was awesome. Man, these youth, they get it, right? They get it. They, it's just amazing to see them rising up. God's taking care of the next generation. We don't have to worry about it. God's taking care of them. You know, uh, I heard somebody say that Gen Z is God's generation, and I do believe that, very much so. And even Gen Alpha. I don't know what they call these generations now, you know. But uh, God has reserved himself a people, and I, I get to see the people rising up in that. It's just a pleasure to do that. And so last week, I just want to have a little recap video there uh, about Splash Kingdom, what happened. So we ended up actually baptizing over 19 people on, yeah, that's amazing. It was just like over and over. So we're just going to watch that video. Every one of those are lives changed by Jesus Christ. Amen. So good to see. And that's just the beginning, man. God's doing something. That's just, it's just amazing what God's doing here through you guys. And it's because you're inviting, you're talking, you're going out, you're, you're being the example uh, of Jesus everywhere. And so thank you for that. It's just an honor to be able to be here 
uh, in just see what God's doing here. It's just amazing to be a part of it and just so excited about it. And, and today I have a couple of announcements before I get the, let the mic loose on my, for Mike uh, this morning. Um, we have some things going on this week that we want to make you, not this week, but uh, coming up this month that we want to make you aware of. Today, if you serve in kids ministry in any capacity, today right after church, they're having a kids ministry meeting. Uh, our new pastors, Ryan and Sarah, are going to be uh, kind of talking to you. They want to get to know you, want to help you uh, kind of walk into and share the vision that uh, we have for the kids ministry over there. So if you have, if you serve any capacity in the kids ministry right after church on the 11 o'clock, they're going to be over there. We're going to feed you. It's going to be good. Also, today we have our Next Steps class. If you've already signed up, we're going to be in here after that, at the, after the 11 as well. So it's going to be good. And every fifth Wednesday of the month, when there's a fifth Wednesday, we have what we call Fifth Wednesday Worship. Okay? It is powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. You want to be here for Fifth Wednesday Worship. So the fifth Wednesday, that's the last Wednesday of the month. There's no six Wednesdays. Okay? So the last Wednesday of this month, we're having Fifth, fifth Wednesday Worship at 7 o'clock. Okay? From 7 till whenever we leave. Okay? That's how it's going to work because we allow the Lord to move. And so it's going to be an awesome opportunity for you. So be looking forward to that. I want to pray and then I want to invite Mike up. Father, I just invite you into this place this morning. God, we know that you're going to do miracles today. Lord, there's people that walked in here and they have hard hearts. God, they cannot receive the love that you have for them and they cannot give the love that you want them to give to other people. God, their hearts are so hard that it is, they're not able to give or receive. And Father, today I pray that while they leave here today, when they leave out these doors, their hearts will be replaced with hearts of flesh. You said in Ezekiel, Ezekiel prophesied over the people, and he said, I'm going to, God says this, I'm going to take the stony hearts, the stubborn hearts from the people and put in a heart of flesh that can receive love and give love, that can obey my commandments. And Lord, I pray today that you would do that in this place today, God. There's people that do not have their whole heart, and therefore they cannot love you with their whole heart, and they cannot love people with their whole heart. And God, I pray that you would give them back their whole heart today, God, that every soul tie is broken in the name of Jesus, Lord, that, that you empower Mike to speak your words boldly, that you give him exactly what you want him to say for the people in this service today, God. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let's welcome Mike up. All right, so here we go. Good morning. Whew. Lord, we just give you this time this morning. It's not our time, but it's yours. And Father, I just pray that we follow you, listen to you. I pray that we glean off of your word what it is that you have for each one of us, that we don't shy back, that we don't act like this is nothing. This is something huge. And we're grateful that you love us enough to chase us down, to teach us things, to show us things, to help us figure things out. Lord, I pray that you open up ears to hear, that they would absolutely understand with their heart what you're saying and reach out for what you're offering. Lord, we love you and we're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, soul ties. So what is a soul tie? I have about two hours worth of teaching that I need to get done here pretty quick. <laughs> what is a soul tie? So your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Okay? 
I'm not going to be going off of that right there. If you're seeing that. Are you seeing that? Okay. Hold, hold right there. Just You can leave that right there. And then, because because he's been talking to me, kept me up, he's just like giving me more and more, and I've got notes scribbled all over my, I sent out the notes, but I, I've got more notes. So it's your mind and your will and your emotions. So when the enemy can come in and mess with your mind, when he can come in and mess with your will, when he can come in and, and, and take your emotions and turn them into something that are unhealthy, it, it's through soul ties, it's through things that we've, encountered it's through people that have mishandled us there's four ways there's probably more but there's four ways we're going to talk about this morning um, this is a pg thing that you you young ones that are in here listen to what i say because here's the difference i wish someone would have told me when i was younger what my lifestyle was going to do to me i wish someone would have told me that i needed to stop I wish someone would have told me, change your mind about what you're thinking right now because it's going to cost you. So get a hold of this, okay? Listen to this. Take it to your heart because the, here's what the enemy wants. He wants your soul. He wants your soul. If he can get your soul, when you talk about a stony heart, Neil, when, if he can get that, it, it turns to stone. I'm, just, I'm telling you, I'm speaking to you today from something that I witnessed, from me. This happened to me. This is legit. I, I was hard, callous, bitter, ruthless, angry. I couldn't receive love. I couldn't give love. I could tell you that I loved you, but I had no clue what that meant. I said it because I felt like that's what you're supposed to say. You know, people tell me they love me. Well, I love you too. Now I really don't because I don't know what that means. I don't have a clue. Okay, so the Bible speaks of it. It doesn't specifically say, so I've had people challenge me before in this teaching. I've never taught it in this big. I've taught it in groups, but not, a, not this big of a platform. But I've had people challenge me, hey, it doesn't talk about soul ties in the Bible. Well, it doesn't use the word soul ties in the Bible, but it talks about soul ties. There's a good one that's, that's in the Bible, and it's David and Jonathan. Okay, and, and, and in it, it says that, that David and Jonathan, when they met each other, Jonathan's heart, David and Jonathan were joined, and they, they, they couldn't be separated. Okay, so you think about that in a context that's positive, well, think about it in a negative context. It's the same. So the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What does he want to take? If he can get in your mind, Jacob, if he can get in your mind, he's got you. Because it turns you another way. And then, then it's my will, okay? So then I begin to live my will, my mind, my will, with my emotions. They were all negative, all for me. They were all for me. So, so here we look at it from, while soul ties between unhealthy couples can draw a beaten and abused woman. Now you think about this. Why does a woman, why does she, why does she constantly go back and forth? Why does she go back? Why does a woman who's been mishandled and abused and mistreated and neglected and hurt, why does she go back and forth to a man? Why? She's tied. She's tied. She has to go back. 
because she doesn't know how to receive love. That's the best way. Like, if I go there, maybe he'll love me this time. There's a tie there, okay? The spiritual realm, now that we're looking in this, let's look in the spiritual realm. Unholy soul ties, they tend to serve as bridges between two people to pass demonic activity through. Okay, so it's a back and forth thing. Back and forth. So like this, I'm going I'm to just pick on you. I'm not picking on you, but if, if I have a soul tie in one direction and you have the same one, then we're just doing this, okay? And then you take it home. Then she takes it to work. And then that person takes it to her house. It's just, it's that way. Because we pass Jesus that way, right? I come in and I tell you about Jesus. You accept Jesus, you take it home. She takes it to work. That lady that she's witnessing to takes it home. It's, what's the difference? One's for good, one's for evil. It's the difference. So we want for the good. We want to break the unhealthy soul ties. We want to break them. Kilman and I have helped numerous people break these. When this got broken in my life, when, this got, when these things got broken off in my life, it changed every single thing about me. Everything. Got my heart back. Well, I don't, I'm going I'm to go further. I got my heart. Because it was lost before I ever even knew I had it. It was taken away from me very early in my life. And I'm going to explain to you how in just a minute. Soul ties can do things such as allow one person to manipulate and control another person. And that's witchcraft. Okay? That's witchcraft. If, if, if I, nip, which I did, I manipulated and controlled Kim. I've confessed that to y'all before. I manipulated and controlled her for my mind my will, and my emotions. I can manipulate and control her like a puppet on a string to, I thought, complete me. It wasn't nothing but witchcraft. I overpowered her. I overthought her. I was always a step ahead of her. I, I broke her will down to my will. And I had her thinking for me, like me. And she couldn't step out of line she had to walk this tight. Um, she always said this. I always have to walk on eggshells. Anybody ever told you that? I always have to walk on eggshells. Yes, you do. Because my emotions are fragile. And so I want you to walk this very tight line. Don't, don't rock the boat because you're going to get me upset. I hated that. If... The other person is usually unaware what is going on or they know exactly what's going on and for no apparent reason they allow it to continue. Kim knew exactly what was going on, but she didn't, she didn't like it, but she couldn't say anything. She just had to stay the course or leave me. That's the option. So now we're going to break into how these things are formed, Okay. And so here, here's the one I really want. I want you all to listen to, but I especially want you young ones to listen to. I'm so glad y'all are here today. I got to show you a little example. I got to get my papers ready here. Because I got some examples I'm going to show you. I'm not going to put that in there next time. Here we go. Okay. Sexual soul ties. Any sexual relation. Anything that has to do with sex. Godly soul ties are formed when couples get married. 
Okay, so when I got my heart back, Kim got her heart back, we, we've, we, we've formed this tie, a healthy one. And it's powerful. We've been married 41 years, and I'm telling you, we're going to go to the last day. We're done. It's just... That's, that's, we already know. And that's the deal that you just resolve in your heart. It's not just something that I say. I just know that I know. I'm going to, one of us is going to go first, but we're going to be together. And that's the way it is. So in Ephesians 5.31, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined, okay? Joined to his wife, not live with his wife, not tolerate his wife, not just hang around his wife. He will be joined to his wife and the two shall become one. That's a soul tie. That's a good one. That's a healthy one. So if you take this and you flip this, this Ephesians 5.31, for this reason a man shall leave his mother and his father, I wonder what it looks like in a young man's life to leave his mother and his father and begin to have sex before he meets his wife. Soul tie. You're tied. Same with, same with the female on this side of it, and the two become one. Because a person has ungodly sexual relations. That's, why do you think the Bible says don't wake up love before it's time? Because it costs you. It's not because it's wrong. God created it. But it has to be put in its proper place. When you put it in its proper place, it's a beautiful thing. When you take it out of context and you do it, do you do it to for your mind, your will, and your emotions? Because here, here's the deal. Maybe, maybe this time, maybe this time this will fill this empty void inside of my heart. What a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It doesn't fill, it takes away part of your heart. It just takes it away. Okay? First Corinthians 6 16. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot? is one body with her. For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. That's a soul tie. So whoever's listening here and whoever's listening here that wants to argue this, here, I'm reading out of the Bible, and it tells you two become one. So the soul is fragmented. The soul, mm, this is extremely extremely detrimental. It's destructive. It takes away. I'm going to show you how. It looks like this. So a sexual soul tie. This is embarrassing. I've told you that I was molested when I was six. So this is my heart when I'm six. Clean, pure, I just want to ride my bike and play with my friends. I'm outside. It's summertime. I'm not bothering nobody. Riding my bike up and down the street. We got a little ramp built. I'm not asking for anything wrong to happen to me. But an older guy drug me into his house. And he created a soul tie with me. It was sexual. This is hard. Six. Happened again when I was nine. Not by the same guy, by another guy. And it happened again when I was 11. It tried to happen again when I was 14. But I was 
I was a little more tough then, and I didn't let that happen. I became very angry at that moment. I made a vow then that nobody's ever going to do that to me again. But here's what happened when I was in seventh grade. I was playing football with some friends. Happens, it's the weirdest thing. I was outside always playing, playing football in the front yard across the street from an older girl. I was in seventh grade. And she came and got me amongst all of my friends, came and got me and took her into her house. And she had sex with me when I was in seventh grade. It's like it was written on me, okay? You see it? It was set up for my demise, for my failure. The enemy was taking my heart one piece at a time. I didn't ask for that. I didn't want that. I didn't like that. I didn't, it, it, wasn't, it was nothing to me except something that hurt my heart and caused me, caused me more confusion. The enemy was out to get me. But what it did was it opened up a door in my life to try to figure out what all this meant. And I think you all know what this means. Young ones, are you listening to me? I wish somebody would have told me. I wish somebody would have said, hey, when you meet the girl that you're supposed to love, to have a heart for, this is all you can offer her. This is all you got to give. This is all that's left. Because of soul ties. Because I gave pieces of myself away, unknowing that it was scattered all over the place. It was broken and shattered into pieces. This is what I believe. When the two become one, when that act happens, all of this went away from me. And every piece of what was out there came here. So this is what I'm carrying. Why was I confused and angry and bitter and broken and hurt, lost? Why did I not have anything to offer? Because this is it. Through sexual activity, thoughts, problems, it's terrible. It's just bad. It's just wrong. It's a bad relationship. It's bad thinking. The soul type fragments the soul. It's totally destructive. It was in my life. The Bible says this, when you seek me, you'll find me. When you seek me with your whole heart. How could I find him? This is the level. This is where I could seek him from. This is all I had to offer. This is all he could get from me. The next one, unhealthy relationships. 1 Samuel 18.1, this is a healthy relationship between David and Jonathan. The healthy relationships that, that soul tie, that bring these two together. You can read throughout Samuel, you can read through David and Jonathan's experiences. They loved each other. It says, now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knitted to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Okay, so, so for there to be love for your own souls, there can be unlove for souls. Okay, so the opposite, the, 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 in the kingdom, everything is upside down. So when you have, when you have 
When you have one thing that's knitted together, you have one thing that tears things apart. If the enemy, if he's going to, if he, if, if God's going to allow souls to come together and be knitted together and brothers and sisters to have love for each other, the enemy's over here going, I don't like that. You don't get to have that. I'm going to tear everything apart that I can tear apart in your life. Bad soul ties can form, be formed through bad relationships. Here's the ways. Let me, I'm going to explain some ways that soul ties can form through bad relationships. Think about this. Are you constantly thinking of this person? You constantly thinking? You feel used when you're around them. You can't be yourself or express your true feelings. You have a strong desire to stay in relationship even though it mostly hurts you. This unhealthy relationship causes problems between you and others. You find yourself thinking about them constantly and never stop trying to figure out how to make it work. If I can only do this, if I can only say that, Kim was constantly figuring out how to get me back on my feet. How do I walk with Mike in such a way that he's going to change and be good? It was impossible because I didn't have my heart, even though she tried. You begin to fantasize about how it could be while ignoring all the reasons that you should go. You start losing yourself or feelings, feeling lost in the relationship. You start neglecting yourself and others. They become so dominant over you, you just lose yourself in it and give up. You go against your values and your desires when you're around them. You'll do anything. It's, I call it dancing for the hug. You'll do whatever it takes just to be accepted. And God's not asking. He's asking us to dance in front of him like David did, not in front of a person begging and pleading that they'll just be different. You feel like you'll never be enough for them. So... When we're looking at it from this perspective right here of unhealthy relationships, well, these are some. These were sexual, but they were unhealthy too. But I'm just going to take my dad. So my dad, all of my life until later in his life, was an alcoholic, and he was abusive, which is... He's on this list a couple of times. He was abusive. He was verbally abusive. It was very unhealthy. It was not a father-son relationship. It was a get-out-of-my-way-I'm-tired-of-you relationship. i got nothing to offer you relationship. You're a burden to me. It was very unhealthy. I didn't know which way to go. I was dodging and ducking all the time. And I had a soul tie to my dad. And so in that, so here, here's, here's what happened with it. I began to hate him. In my heart, I hated him. I, I hated like none other. So much so, and I've told you this in my testimony, so much so that I laid awake at night waiting, him for, waiting for him to go to sleep so I'd think it was tonight the night I'm going to kill him. I really was trying to figure out how to get him out of my life because he was abusive to my mom and to my brothers. I have two brothers and a sister. I was the oldest. 
Then I really thought, one of these nights I'm going to kill him. When I get courage up enough, I'm going to do it. He's going to make me mad enough. Thank you, Jesus, that I did not kill my dad. But that's, that's what an unhealthy relationship, that's, the, that's what it will drive you to. My mind, my will, and my emotions to kill my dad, to get him out of my life. Because I had no love, and it wasn't that I wasn't able to love him. It was this, I had no compassion, empathy for anybody, much less somebody that's abusing me. I had nothing for him. Okay, next one. Wrongful authority. Now, listen to this one. A wrongful... Wrongful authority placed in your life. There's, there's good things about having authority in our life. Neil has authority. He has a rightful place in my life. He is, he is the authority. He's my pastor. But if I put him above God, that's wrong. If I seek out people, if I seek out anybody, a pastor, a parent. See, some people haven't cut their parent ties. And I'm not saying to cut the ties and never listen to them again. But you've got to cut the ties that they put on you and live your life for you and him instead of for you and them. You and him. You don't go to your parents first. You go to God first, and then you can seek counsel if you need. But, but there are spiritual parents. If you don't have good parents, if you don't have spiritual parents, there, there are godly people who will parent you, who will love you who will speak into your life, they'll listen to you and they'll love you right where you are. But you can't put them, you can't put them above the Lord. You can't ask them what you think about this. Hey, Mike, what do you think about this? My response would be, have you asked the Lord? Yes, I've asked him and here's what I got. Okay, well, there's your answer. Why are you talking to me? He, he's your first go-to. So... Uh, emotional relationships, there, that's uh, something that's fed, so it's mind, will, and emotion, so your soul's involved. If it's an emotional relationship, it could be sexual, it can be any kind of emotion, it could be any feeling that makes you feel like somebody's, like, like, like I would go to my coaches looking for them to approve me. Did I play a good enough game? Did I hit hard enough? Did I get enough tackles? Did I do this right? Did I do that right? I didn't go to God and say, hey, I played for your glory. Thank you for letting me play on Friday nights. I didn't do that. I went to the coaches to ask them, hey, what do you think about me? It could be bosses. So <laughs> bosses is a tough one. Am I doing a good job? Am I doing it right? Is this, am I, am I on, you know, you like that I'm 30 minutes early to work? You just do whatever you can to get some approval from a boss instead of going, Lord, I'm doing this job. Thank you for giving me this job. And I'm doing this job because you gave it to me and I want to glorify you in it because it don't matter what your boss thinks. God puts you there. And he could move you in one second. Okay, so wherever he puts you, shine for him. You shine for him, not for a boss. Now, you work, not saying you don't work hard for the boss and don't respect him, but he's not your first go-to. Teachers. I, I didn't like my teachers, so I didn't ask them a single question because I always, it just didn't work. <laughs> they didn't like me either. So, um, and that was, uh, it was kind of mutual. 
They just passed me on through. Let's get that Martin boy out of here. And they did. But some of y'all like your teachers, and you might still go to your teachers, somebody that you highly respect and regard as a, a, a voice in your life. But if you go to them before you go to God, that's a wrong authority. It can be public figures. So, any, so now here's what we see. Okay, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to use this little example. So have y'all seen this red-headed guy on social media singing this song? He's got a beard, and he's singing a song about America. Have you seen it? How many people have hooked onto him? Millions of people. Why? So they can get views too, right? So, so they're taking social media to gain glory for themselves by what this guy, what this song. It's, it's millions and millions and millions. I mean, John Rich has already reached out and tried to say, hey, I'm going to give you an $8 million record deal. You ready to go? Okay? Everybody's trying to hook on to something. Okay? Wrongful authority. Because this guy's stepped back and said, I don't want that. I want to live my good old Virginia life. I don't want the stars and all this and the fame. And I didn't ask for this. Hey, here it is. But... Uh, I just pray that he sees that he holds to his roots because where, where they're trying to take him gets his soul. Don't give away your soul. Next one. Social media celebrities. Hey, I rolled right into it. A public figure, social media celebrity. People try to hook on to people. If somebody that we know around us is, is successful, uh, has influence, and we hang around them so that we might get a little influence. You know, he's my friend. If if you know, he's my friend. This is that, and I mean, I have some celebrity friends, and sometimes I, I pull. You know, I'd like, hey, come on, can you do this and can you do that? But I don't go to them first. I don't do that. You can't do that. Social media celebrities, Hollywood. I mean, you can have a wrongful authority with just like, hey, I, I'm going to go to the movies and see what it says. I'm going to do this and see what I'm going to listen to this actor. Okay, so you can listen to an actor, like listen to their spiel and their profile, but do you really know them? Are they acting? You want to go and listen to them or what their platform is in the political realm? Or do you want to ask the Lord, where do I need to stand? Where do I take my stand? There's no slant. Because this is between you and the Lord. Lord, where am I standing in what's going on in this world today? What do you want me to do? How do I use my voice? How do I live out my life putting you first and letting everything else fall where it is? Because I want to follow you, Lord. It's just there's so many areas that the enemy tries to trip us up with wrongful authority in our life. I went to people, I asked people questions, I was so broken, I was broken, and I went to people asking them, can you help me, can you say something nice, do you see me, do you value me, do I have any value whatsoever, do I, is there anything in my life worth salvaging? Is there anything that you can offer me? Is there anything that I'm missing? 
which was everything, but I didn't know. I didn't know my heart was gone because it was gone before I knew I had one. It was taken quickly. So, so this, is what, this is the question you ask. When something goes wrong, ask yourself this question. When something goes wrong or right, who is your first response? When something goes wrong, Jesus, help me. When something goes right, Jesus, thank you. Or is it, hey, Kim, you'll never guess what happened. Hey, Kim, you'll never guess what happened. I can put a question mark on it. I can put an exclamation point on it. If that's my first response, I have her in the wrong place. If something bad happens and I'm not talking to the Lord about it immediately, and I'm finding out who I can reach out to, that's not good. Because I'm doing it from this shredded mess that the enemy got a hold of and not seeking him with my whole heart not trusting him. The next one, abusive relationships. Abusive relationships bond you in trauma. Listen to this now. Listen to me. Any abusive relationships will bond you in a trauma. When a trauma comes, violence, sexual violence, verbal violence, mental, physical, emotional, assault, I did all that backwards, but it's this way he wants it. Abuse, it long, it's a long-lasting effects in a person's life. Anything that's against you in any way that comes against you, because it says when the enemy comes in like a flood, I'm telling you, he came in my life like a flood. And he flooded my life for 38 years. I was broken, lost, hurting. I've had, I've had, I've been jumped by numerous guys. I've had, I've, I mean, I, I'm telling you, my life was a living hell. And I caused most of it because of what happened to me at an early age. I brought a lot of it on myself. But a lot of it I didn't. A lot of it was because the enemy was constantly stealing everything he possibly could from me killing, any chance of fruit in my life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, kindness, Woo! far from it, goodness, gentleness, didn't exist, faithfulness, don't have a clue, and self-control, yeah, my self-control, my, my form of self-control, when I learned this, when my form of self-control was totally out of control, but I thought it was control, there was a counselor that told me that. And I just kind of, I, I know I just sunk in my seat going, oh, no wonder. So abusive relationships, they bond you in trauma. God is love. The enemy is violence. He is assault. He's sexually deviant. He's verbal, he's mental, he's physical, he's emotional. He causes things to happen to you that are out of your control. He touches things you think, I've never thought that would happen to me in my life. And when he does, he, it, he just rakes in the hardship. 
And here it comes. And it just sets on you. And you're like, how do I get out from underneath this? How do, how do, I, how do I move this off of you? Don't! Until you break it. Until you take authority over it. Until one, you hear it and you know it. Just like you young ones in here right now, you're going to say, you're going you're gonna to be going, I, gotta, I either got to stop or I never got to start. Stop! So here, here's some, here's some, some um, there are many symptoms or not symptoms. I don't even know what the word is. Characteristics. That's a good one. Verbal abuse. Okay, this is if you're in abusive or trauma. You're in an abusive relationship that causes you trauma. It's everything that's sexual that's against your will. Anything sexual that's against your will is a trauma bond. Okay? Because when I say sexual soul ties, that is because you chose to perform. You chose to do. When I say trauma, when I was six, I didn't choose that, and that brought a trauma on me. That was against my will. Bad temper. Unpredicted, unpredictable behavior. Possessiveness. So this is, this is two. This is one. If you do this, then you're part of the problem. If you're in this, this is what your abuser is doing. Unpredictable behavior, possessiveness, jealousy, constant threats, gaslighting, financial control, shifting blame, rape, molested, all sexual abuse, death threats, assaults, and violent acts. Any of that. I'm telling you, from number 10, I added, it's probably not even up there, rape, molested, sexually abused, was the downfall of a six-year-old little boy who just wanted to play football in the summer. That's all I wanted to do, play with my friends, ride my bike, go home when it got dark. I mean, that's back in the days. Keys in the car, front door ain't locked, bicycles laying in the front yard. You know when you're supposed to be home because the porch light comes on. Sit down, eat dinner, take a bath if you have to. <laughs> Get up the next day and put on the same clothes and go right again. And some of you guys are going to remember, you girls maybe too, remember them black shoes with the white stripes? They go to the dollar store, and they, I think they cost like 29 cents. And the, the sole was about that big, and you could just feel the heat off the... Y'all young ones have no idea. It's almost like not wearing shoes. And I'd run completely out of them in the summer, and Mom was upset because she had to buy another pair. But that was the life. But it was taken from me. It was stolen. And so I'm going to lead us through some prayers. And I'm going to challenge you. I don't care who's sitting beside you. I don't care who's looking. I don't care what you think. I know you're here today because the Lord called you. And we're going to start breaking some soul ties. we got four prayers. You want your heart back? You want your life back? You want to be able to have, like, so this is, this is how I believe this. 
When I'm operating in my mind, my will, and my emotions, I'm going completely against God. So, so, so this isn't in the Bible, but this is what I believe he taught me. Because the Bible does say this, that we can have the mind of Christ. His mind. The will of the Father. Do you want your will or do you want his will? I want his will for me. Because I don't know what's best for me, but he does. I want his will. I want, want Jesus' mind, God's will. And then I want the emotions. Love, joy, peace, patience. It's the fruit from the Holy Spirit. So in this, I'm going to join in mind, will, and emotions. I'm going to tie my soul to my Savior. I'm untying from the enemy in every area, breaking every bond that he has ever created with me in these four areas to get my heart back so I can walk with him, so I can walk with him, so I can love you, so that I can be close to my family, so I can live out my life with joy and peace. There's nothing like it. It's an amazing thing. And, and, and to know that I got duped in all of this, before I ever even knew that the enemy hated me so bad, so much, that he had to come after me so fast in my life to overwhelm me, to cause me trouble all of my days until I learned the truth. Because I learned to follow his commandments. I learned to keep his word. So listen to this. So, so the scripture says that that then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Whoa, 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 what does it say before it? If you've hold of my teachings and you follow my commandments, when someone began to teach me and say, this is the way you should walk, this is what the commandments say. If you hold of my teachings and you follow my commandments, then, and only then, will you know the truth. And then the truth will set you free. It's not you get to go about your life with your own opinion in your own way, doing your own thing, and throwing a little something out to Jesus every once in a while, breadcrumbs here and there, and then you know the truth. No, I'm just telling you. Uh-uh. It's not what it says. If you hold to my teachings and you follow my commandments, then you'll know. So if you have trouble holding to the teachings and follow the commandments because the enemy has caused you trouble, if you want to know the truth that sets you free, I'm gonna, I'm, when I say this, when I call this one out, we're going to pray for sexual abuse trauma. I'm going to say the prayer. You're going to pray it after me. If you want to pray over sexual... No, sorry. Let's do this one first. Just a sexual soul tie. If you want to break any sexual soul tie, if you've been married before and you haven't broke the soul tie from your ex, you need to... If you had a long-lasting relationship in high school and you haven't broke that, you need to. If you've had partners, if you've had whatever, if you've had connections and you haven't broke that, you need to. So if you want to break it and get free from it today, stand up. Don't be afraid. I'm standing up. Don't be afraid. So repeat this after me. Father, I confess... That I have engaged in a sexual connection with, and don't say it, give it to the Lord. Give the names to the Lord. I confess this is sin, and I ask you to forgive me 
for my involvement in this behavior. I renounce the connection that was formed and ask you to break any connection that was formed by this activity. Please restore to me any part of me that I lost and remove from me anything remaining from this connection. Lord, thank you for cleansing me of all these connections from my previous sexual experiences. I renounce all of these uses of my body as an instrument of unrighteousness. And I admit to any willful participation. And I choose now to present my eyes, my mouth, my mind, my heart, my hands, my feet, and my sexual organs to you as instruments of righteousness. I present, I present my whole body to you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And I choose to reserve the sexual use of my body for marriage only. I reject the lie that my body is dirty, unclean, or in any way unacceptable to you as a past result of my sexual experiences. Lord, you have totally cleansed me and forgiven me, and you love me, and you accept me just the way I am. Therefore now, I choose to accept myself and my body as clean in your eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now, some of you are going to look like a jack-in-the-box. I would have. This is, I, I got 100 on most negative thing, tests that I took in my life, and I got 100 on this one. If I was out there today and this hadn't, I'd have been standing up for all four of these. So the next one is we're going to break the soul tie of unhealthy relationships. So if you have had or do have in the middle of, and if a, if a, if a married couple, if the woman stands up, hey, guys, that don't mean it's you. It could be somebody at work. But the truth is, is right now, while she's doing this, it ain't none of your business. It's none of your business. This is between the, this is between the person standing up and the Lord. All you're going to do is get a better version. News coming. News coming. Okay? So just don't, don't get all, well, why she's standing up? Everybody's going to think we've got an unhealthy relationship. You just need to sit down right now. <laughs> Oh, no. No, no, you need to stand up right now, darling. Stand up and get all cleaned up, and let's do this. Okay? So here we go. Everybody stand up that has unhealthy relationships, soul ties that they want to break. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for the relationship you've given me with. Name them in your heart. Take your time. And y'all can get copies of this too, so that you can do because this is this is a lifestyle. This ain't just I mean this is just something. He brings more, 
You can do this. I've allowed this relationship to become overly codependent or in some way overly connected. In doing so, I've stepped outside of your ideal plan and given over parts of my soul. I now submit my soul back to you and ask you to break any and all unhealthy connections that I have with this person. I desire for my deepest connection to be with you. And I ask you to be the Lord over my mind, my will, and my emotions. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes! Okay, so now we're going to break those these, the trauma. Tra- we're going to break this trauma up into sexual trauma, and then we're going to have abusive trauma, like child abuse, neglect, whatever. However, you're going to fill this blank in. If you've had any sexual abuse in your life, and it could be from someone that you love, it's anything sexually done that's against your will. Anything. Because I'm telling you, that is an open door. That, that is a wide open door for the enemy to take, like, like purity. How long has it been since you felt pure and healthy and that your heart is right? I had no, I had no idea my heart wasn't pure because I didn't know what it was. But when I got it back, I'm going, wow, this is amazing. I've never felt so alive. I've never felt so clean. I've never felt so ready to live. It's, it's a big deal. So anybody that has suffered or is still suffering that wants to get free of sexual abuse, trauma bonds, stand up. Father, I ask you to break and remove all trauma bonds and all the soul ties that I have with Name the person in your mind or persons. That were formed by the forced and unwanted act of sexual abuse against my will. I renounce all the consequences within my body, my mind, my will, and my emotions. Of, um, of this, including lies that I have believed about you or about myself, fear, trauma, shame, any demonic doors that have been opened through this event, please remove me. I'm sorry. Please remove from me 
everything remaining from this connection. I break all ties to the enemy. Father, restore to me everything that was lost because this event, including my innocence, my purity, my sense of safety, love, and protection. Thank you for healing me, cleansing me, and restoring me. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. This one is abusive trauma bonds. And I'm telling you, these, these can be, you, you might not think much of it. But Kim and I had a guy at our house this week. Late 60s, Kim? Late 60s. And, and in this realm right here, two teachers in junior high said something to him. And I look at it, I mean, I, 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 I looked at it in this, in this book that he fills out. I looked at it, and, I, and I'm going, wow, I wish teachers only would have said that to me. He broke him. He's carried it all these years. When he turned it loose, Neil, he just wept. For, and they, they, were my, they, were in, they were minor things. Even in his mind, he, that was minor, but I'm telling you, the enemy got in, and I mean, he just devoured this guy over that. All these years that, that you could go back, I can't imagine thinking what somebody, I can't even, con, I don't have a concept of what somebody might have said to me in junior high. See how powerful? He just changed you up in abuse. He, he, the enemy, planted this and caused, it, caused his, this guy's downfall in so many ways. Through other things too, but these were critical. They were crucial in his life. So if you've had any abuse, I don't care how small, I'm telling you that to tell you. These are very, very small things, but the enemy comes in. He comes in through that word. I'm telling you, and then, then, then it the minute it can get in, it expands just like this. And it becomes your life. It becomes your identity. It's set on his life like this is who he is. And it's set on his entire life. This is sad. So, abusive trauma bonds. Anybody? So, Father, I ask you to break and remove all trauma bonds and all soul ties with, name them. That were formed by physical, mental, verbal, emotional, or financial abuse. I renounce all consequences within my body, my mind, my will, and emotions of this event, including lies that I have believed about you, about myself, fear, 
shame, heart wounds, codependency, trauma, pain, and demonic doors that have been opened through this event. Please remove from me all the negative effects caused by this abuse and break all ties with the enemy. Please restore to me everything that was lost, including my identity, my worth, my power, and truth. Thank you for breaking all the trauma bonds and soul ties. Thank you for loving me and healing me. In Jesus' name, amen. That was a hard one, folks. Thank you for doing the work. This is not something that the Lord overlooks. He's joined you deeply now. You're going to begin to feel. This is what I begin to feel in my heart. I begin to feel, oh, that's pieces of my heart. <laughs> Got to keep it restored. I begin to feel sparks. I don't know how else to explain it. Like, Little things were waking up, like like a I look at it like a like a plant that just popped through the ground, the, the hard soil, and it's like growing now. And it, I just have these things that come along. And I go, oh, that's new, oh, that's different. And then three or four months down the road, I'm thinking, oh, I hadn't felt like that. Where'd that go? Well, it's because Jesus took it, because He's a restorer, He's a redeemer. He 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 takes he takes this mess. Hold on. He takes this mess and he gave me back this. Okay? So, so what you did today was traded the broken pieces. You traded them for wholeness, fruit. Some of you that haven't experienced peace. I couldn't explain that to you. You have to experience peace, like real peace, the peace that passes understanding. It means it passes your understanding. It means I don't understand it. I don't get it. I, I, I've experienced it. I can't explain it to you. It's something that you have to find on your own with the Lord because there was no peace in this. But, man, I'm telling you, when this comes and these little sparks start coming, when this... I'm telling you, girl, it's unbelievable with what left, what's coming. A capacity to love like you always wanted to, even deeper, because you really didn't know how. And, and you won't be able to explain it. You're just going to do it. Because he, he gave us the ability to do that. God is love. He created us in his image. We're love. So what does the enemy want to steal? Our love. So that I can't love, so I can't be all that God created me to be. So he touches us as soon as he can. Well, he's untouched several of you today. He's been broken off. He's defeated. He's defeated anyway. Cowardly little worm. He's taken enough. He's stolen enough. 
So today he had to turn loose. He had to cut chains, bonds, ties, ropes, anything. He got people, got you, you know, when it says nobody paints so-and-so in the corner. Well, you're not in the corner anymore. You're free. You get to walk this out. You don't have to. You get to. I say that all the time. You don't have to walk this out. You get to. And you're going to find yourself walking it out. You're going to find yourself at levels in your life that you've never experienced before. You're going to go, I can't believe this. Thank you, Neil, for letting us do this. It's, it's, it is awesome to be sitting under a pastor and an authority in my life who is zealous about freedom. He, he, he's not here to be showy. He's not here to be prideful. He's not here to tell you what he wants you. He wants you to be free. He wants you to experience Jesus at the deepest level. I'm sorry there are tears, but sometimes it takes tears to get through the pain and the hardship and the brokenness. Sometimes it does, but I'm telling you it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth every single thing that you put. Please go get your kids. Okay. <laughs> Lord. Thank you for this morning. That needs to flash in red, Neil. That needs to flash in red. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for doing what you do. We love you and we're grateful. Go get your kids in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Y'all need to set a flare off. 